Hello. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Hello and welcome to the Scooter Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, we got Ty. We got Jameson. And um, folks, we are running live on YouTube after a very frustrating OU basketball loss. Um, but we're here to kind of wrap, you know, just kind of just kind of talk about things. I, I was going to say wrap up the football season, but we've like wrapped up the football season like eight times already. Uh, <laughs> we're mainly here to just kind of talk about what's happening because we're kind of, you know, as we've mentioned, contractually obliged to, but that's great. So, um, Jameson, just, just fresh thoughts for our live, uh, viewers, uh, many of which who have watched the OU basketball game, your quick thoughts on the game. What the hell was that? It's simple as this team didn't even deserve to be in that game to begin with. I feel like we got to the line and got bailed out on a lot of fouls. And we had a lot of untimely turnovers. And I feel like we were just outmatched on the defensive end as well. Um, Mo Gibson, for sure, on the defensive end. You can see he's an absolute you know, liability that teams will bully when it comes down to the postseason. Um, but overall, it, it's frustrating. I, I was talking about this um, before we got on. That last second drive, I understand you only have four seconds and the chance of you tying that game is minimal, but I would have really enjoyed to see Groves actually have some fundamentals and pass the ball and outlet as a big man rather than take two dribbles, then do the suicide essentially pass to Harkless to give him no shot. It was an absolute embarrassing ending to an overall embarrassing game that I thought we could have squeezed out, but in all honesty, we didn't deserve to even be in. Yeah, honestly, this OU basketball team just, um, they're not that good. They're not that good at closing. Um, and not only that, but like throughout the throughout the season, as we've seen it progress, you know the offense has gotten just worse and worse and just kind of grimier. Um, unfortunately, Tanner Groves just isn't really a um, you know Big Twelve caliber big. Um, you know we we've seen it like he he just can't reliably make threes and he can't reliably grind inside. Um, and that's you know, there you go. What do you do with that? Um, and, you know, this is a transition year. It was always going to be a little weird. What is up with my hat right now? Um, it was always going to be a little weird. So, you know, what are you going to do? It's just uh, kind of the way it is. So if they make the tournament, great. I, I don't really have a lot of expectations for them going forward. A bit of a disappointment. Um, we're going to dive in with that uh, with Bowden Blake in a little bit. But, um, Ty, have you been watching any basketball? What's your thought on, thoughts on it? Yeah, I did. Uh, actually, a little bit earlier. Uh Around two hours ago, uh, OU Fit and Rec on Instagram was streaming uh, Cal Sig <laughs> versus Sig Up uh, IM basketball, uh, which is far more entertaining than uh, NCAA basketball, I, I might add. So uh, oh, catch man. some IM basketball now streaming online for free. Uh, for free? Well, they, they, yeah. they're, they're nice enough to not charge you for IM basketball. Well, you're paying and your, your data being collected by Meta and... In your internet service provider, but yeah, Ugh. I think that's all a in all. They they really did stream for some reason. I don't know why. It's a it's a recipe for disaster. Streaming fraternity, I am basketball live on the internet. Surely they don't have the volume up on that. Right? Yeah, if you think if you think Dennis Rodman was crazy, yeah. All in all, about this OU basketball team. Before we move on, kind of talk about some other sports, and then talking about. Um, top five NFL players in the league to round out the NFL season. Um, I think that this um, OU basketball team, we're probably on the outside looking in now when it comes down to tournament. And we're going to have to win some games that we really have no business in winning. And we're going to have to win every single game that we're supposed to win. And that's going to be tough. And if that's not the case, if we do what we're supposed to do for the rest of the season, we're going to have to show out in the Big 12 tournament. I don't really believe in us. And to be completely honest with you, I don't see a track in us doing well in the tournament because we don't have a go-to score that will go get us a bucket at the end um, that's reliable who won't turn it over. So in all honesty with you all, unless I see some kind of revelation in these next couple games of, you know, I think Harkless would be the only guy that I believe in that could be that kind of guy, um, I don't believe we're going to be making the tournament. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a long shot. Um, every time we get a little bit of hope, a little bit of an upswing. Uh, we just get pounded by the schedule. Um, I, I think the schedule is definitely a part of it, but also like they they failed to win like the like TCU at home, which is still a tough opponent. But th- those are the type of games you have to win. 
Um, so I, yeah, I think really, I think it's not as dire as as you guys think. Uh, certainly, we wouldn't be a Jordan Brand school unless we were a basketball school. So, you know, we can't we can't be relying on football and and other sports to be mentioned later. You know, it's we're basketball school, right? Like that's why we have Jordan branding. Certainly, we're well. Let me tell you something. Certainly, if if we're the only Jordan Brand school in the Big Twelve. Certainly, we're the best basketball school in the Big Twelve, right? That, when I type why else in, would we have a basketball player on our football jerseys. Whenever I type in OU schedule in current basketball season into Google, it takes me to Oakland University, not Oklahoma. So that's amazing. Um, oh no! So, and if you put Oklahoma know. basketball, it would probably pull up either IMs or football again. So that's tough. That that is that is just tough. Um, hey. I'll say this: at least OU, uh, you know OU's women's basketball team, very, very good. Uh, Jenny Bereznek has them just absolutely um, just rolling. Uh, lost lost a tough one. At, lost a tough one to Texas, but what? Bobby, I just typed in Oklahoma schedule and it brought me the women's basketball team. I'm not even playing right now. This is ridiculous. This is so embarrassing. That's like, I don't know if this is just my funky Google, but this is legitimate. Please try it, y'all. Type in OU schedule <laughs> and see what pops up. Type in Oklahoma basketball schedule and uh... no, just say Oklahoma schedule, and you know okay. where they auto populate like the schedule. Yeah, I'm, Google. I'm trying that right now. It's this is really sad. They are just Google's oh. eliminating this men's basketball team on my end. Okay, I got men's. I got men's. Okay, online. so I think I there's something funky. I my Google is thought that I have been my current location is in all other parts of the whole globe. Sometimes it is very funky, and I do not have a VPN or any of this. So um, Google, I guess maybe is just the algorithm knows I don't need to see any more men's basketball of Oklahoma. I always trust the algorithm. It knows me better than I know myself. It's just trying to save you some heartbreak, trying to save you some struggle. That's all it's trying to do. The algorithm is here to help. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't know. It, only if well, it's trying to give it. you draft. If it's trying to give you DraftKings promo codes, it's trying to give you. It's trying to help. Um, James, yes. what are you going to say? Let's talk about some happy times because um, OU's best sport is softball, obviously, and we're upon it. You know, what we did in California, Bobby, was honestly nuts. And this team, Jocelyn Allo, we knew she was a beast and she was a freshman. Guess what, people? Wake up. She's a senior now. So she's going to be the same best player in the nation that she's always been. Oh, I mean, just you couldn't ask for a better start to a season, Um, you know, Won all five games, but you know when you're talking OU softball success, you're not just looking at dubs. Uh, they outscored their opening weekend opponents uh, in their five games, forty to one. They run rolled three teams, and they beat number three UCLA. I just, I mean that they, they, they. It seems like they haven't even taken a step back at all. They've, they've just gotten better. Yeah, we are the. Uh, we are we're in the midst of a dynasty right now when it comes to to softball uh which is super cool honestly it's it's really cool um not only that we're that dominant but OU I think will forever be good at at softball Oklahoma's kind of the mecca of softball you know we have the uh the softball complex up by uh by the zoo in, in Remington uh in the city not affiliated with with OU that's just uh USA softball but um we are we're so good and it's it's crazy because i you know in, in the commute to to campus up uh jenkins um all the time anytime you go by and there's anything going on with with softball it is packed like we're not just good we there's just tremendous support there from the university and, and from the community uh which is awesome because that's the stuff that that perpetuates and, and creates a uh the mecca of of softball you know which that's kind of an overused term some people will refer to uh to places full of people that are apathetic and and uh potentially you know um in between homes and and dealing with with medical substance abuse issues they will refer to those places as the mecca of a certain sport when they're not uh, but they'll use the mecca of softball you know, I, I think I know a place like that, but I, I can tell you this. Oklahoma City absolutely is the mecca of softball. And Oklahoma, as a state is, um, you, you even have to give a little bit of a nod to, to OSU, who has had an awesome program, really, as well, uh, who has brought up uh, their program to the next level. But but in terms of, like, who the queens of, the, of, of softball are, it, it easily, easily is OU. And 
You know, I, I gotta ask, is it, are, are they too good? Is it almost, like, uninteresting, like, the regular season, that they just murder every team? Uh, no. I, I, I'm, I, and I, I mean, I would say, like, is it worth watching them on TV? But they're never on TV, which is kind of garbage. Like, oh, you UCLA, not on TV. That's garbage. Like, we need to start you know, uh, showing this on TV more. And I'm not just saying this, you know, because, you know, my team's good. But it's just a legitimately fun sport. Yeah, yeah. you know what? You know what OU softball doesn't have? Even when they're blowing people out, they don't have people leaving, you know, halfway through the game to go to the bars. Is there is there a correlation there? I don't know. Maybe it's because they play on weekdays. But uh, just by the number of students leaving to go to the bars, uh, that would indicate to me that scientifically OU softball is more entertaining than OU football. If we just make a smaller stadium instead of keep making our football stadium bigger, maybe people wouldn't leave because the tickets would be I, so. I will. I, uh, I will die on the hill. <laughs> I will die on the hill that OU football should be any student that wants to come, free of admission, parents of players or family of players and donors only. I will die on that hill. You alienate <laughs> our viewers. I don't care. Is if you're not if you're not giving thousands of dollars to the university each year or your immediate family member is there, you should not be allowed to view the games in person. Oh this my is God. like I, like a high-end country club, essentially, that we're turning it into. It's Bushwood, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Bushwood. Bushwood yeah. It's Bushwood, and all you guys are, uh, are what's-his-name that comes in with the Al jazz Sherman. hands. Yeah, making fun of everyone's hats and trying to build subdivisions next door and strip malls and stuff, right? Well, that doesn't, I'm, that, I'm Judge that doesn't make us... <laughs> Ty Lee Judge Smales. Well, that well that won't alienate our uh, audience at all. Uh, but yeah, no, I see. I, I've always disagreed with that because I I think the students, you know, yeah, because you I, don't give I, money I, I don't, to the school. I do give money to the school. I'll have you know, well, fifty seven dollars were taken out of my account uh, that went towards my uh, my payment plan for my uh, football ticket donation. So as you, I, I I will have you know, sir, I am a donor. To the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, that that's that's tough. Fifty seven dollars. That's going to pay for an eighth of the Wagyu state that um, one of our twenty twenty three guys are going to be eating here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, that goes straight to the ranch in Nor- in Norman for sure, which apparently is not as good as the ranch in Oklahoma City. Honestly, what is the deal? I, I, they've got to have yeah, signed wanna... some kind of like deal, like an nil deal, the ranch with like OU football team or OU football helped fund like this new building of the new location in Norman. There's something there. Cause this team is going to that restaurant very, very frequently. And you know, you just see these players going out there and we've mentioned this in the past on these past pods. I just, there's something going on and I just had to yeah, say. So to, to clarify, uh, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to step on any sort of toes um, or, or, you know, slander or libel anyone uh we'll we'll bring our resident attorney on later to clarify but i am a bit of a, a food critic here in norman uh, i dine around the world as you guys can see <laughs> um the the ranch steakhouse in norman i think maybe what it provides in norman specifically is an atmosphere it's it's so let me put it this way it's it's Instagram dining, if that makes sense, right? Because your other options in Norman are what? Outback? Benvenuti's. Longhorn, Longhorn Norman has improved. I, I will give them credit. Um, not to not to ruin salt, any future sponsorship grass, deals. Yeah, and some uh, other stuff like that. But, but, like, but like Legends also, like that is apparently like a local like steakhouse. Not that great. Yeah, but it's they don't provide right. You have the hole in the wall vibe or the big chain vibe, and then you have ranch, which sort of presents itself as more of architecturally and sort of presentation and everything yeah. else presents itself. It's new and pretty. style. It's that they have the big gas fireplace out front that you can take big group photos. They have a valet parking for no, it's the same parking lot as Torchy. It's like in between Torchy's and like uh, Tucker's onion burgers and they have a valet park, <laughs> like parking and stuff, but it's, yeah, it's. Hey man, you should see the original one. It's kind of in a weird spot. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's right I mean, next to a Pet Supplies Plus. They're trying to <laughs> exactly. They're flexing for the gram, and then just off to the left, you got like a raw dress for less. So I mean, it's yeah, like you really, it's point. the it's the Texas experience. It's it's a lot like a lot of our players from Texas uh, are used to experiencing. So just sort of artificial consumerism. Uh, uh, we, well, we got our guy Thad Turnip Seat out here in front with his all white, you know, Air Force Ones. You know, it, 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 you see the distant glow of Crest Foods in the background. But you know what? What would be even an even better background is uh, apparently the OU basketball stadium project is back uh, from the dead. It, it has been dead for like three years. The Norman voters shot it down, but they they have they've brought it back from you know development hell. What do we think about a new OU basketball stadium uh, kind of by that target? Do you think it would work? Do you think that's a good idea? By target? Yeah, it'd be, yeah, it would be up by target. I don't think it changes anything. So think about the money you put in. Do you think you're going to get that? How long is it going to take through this change of location to actually get that money back from all of this construction? I, I just think it's your I'm, – I'm I don't support it. I think you just got to deal with, with the cards you got here. Obviously, we're not a basketball school, and it's going to suck. But guess what? If you start winning games, then people start to come. Um, I feel I have a, fe- a feeling that if we still if we maintain what we're doing recently, I don't know how how much different it's going to be. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying like you know in terms of wins or losses, but I'll tell you this: one, you don't have to go all the way down through Highway Nine. That is a oh, yeah. huge pain in the ass. Um, the second you try to like actually get to Norman proper and then fight through campus traffic or fight past Highway Nine, that's a mess. You can skip all of that. That's a plus. Second. It's going to be a whole entertainment district style thing where you can go actually go grab a beer, you know, outside before the game and walk in instead of Malloy Noble, where it's just like in the middle of nowhere. Um, so I, for one, think it's a good idea. I, I get that it would be a bummer for students. It's a bit out of the way, but they don't even care. Well, actually, that I take that back. They have been really good this season. Um, but you can you can like just kind of bust them up. You know, that wouldn't be too bad. Maybe give them a couple free beers on the bus. I don't know if that's legal. Probably no. not. Quarter will um, find a way. Yeah, exactly. You just find a way. But um, I don't know. I, I think it would appeal to the overall crowd a little bit more. I, I certainly would would like it. And plus, I just I just hate the Lloyd Noble Center. It is ugly as hell. Looks like a big old planter wart right in the middle of a parking lot. Just sucks. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I just don't think. I think the people that would go to the games, you know. Or currently going to the games right now would still go to the games and they'd just be like, oh, this is a lot nicer. I just don't know how much more extra money this would bring us in. Um, I understand why it's been getting voted down, um, but we're not playing with fun coupons here. You know, obviously it's an extremely large project. Um, so that, that that's my thing with it. Um, but if they end up doing it, I'd be happy, obviously, like you said. Um, but Oklahomans and just people in general are just born lazy and I don't know if that's going to be the tipping point that is going to say, oh, I'm going to drive down to Norman for the game. Uh, people don't want to drive down from their Norman house 30 minutes to go to a basketball game for the last two hours. I Yeah, I, I will say uh, it's it's been a while. You guys have probably experienced this some. I, I know you guys are in Norman probably more frequently than, than a lot of people that live in Oklahoma City. Uh, but Norman, I'm part of the problem, I, I will say, because I live in a new build uh, subdivision. But there is a lot of development in, in Norman, specifically on, on the sort of Highway 9 corridor with with uh, subdivisions being built, uh, especially east of of sort of, a, what is it, Class Center or 24th or whatever. Um, and, and there's a lot of people that, that live in Norman now and, and work in the city. Norman traffic wise is not what it was when when y'all were in in school, uh, which I can I can pretty firmly say since I went to school with you guys and, and I'm still in school uh, <laughs> here in Norman. Long story, but uh, traffic wise, Norman is is absurd. And in a from where I live, just south of Highway Nine, and and anyone on campus uh, to get up by. By target that's not like a five minute hop on 35 uh anymore if, if you're if you're dealing with with Lindsay and, and all the stoplights or, or highway nine now you're talking about 15 20 minutes and then if you have a, a serious game day commute you know you're talking about a, a pretty substantial commute for it for a very short distance so it doesn't make sense to me i don't think it makes 
economic sense as well. Uh, but who knows, you know, if you got government funds coming in, I, I honestly, I think it kind of makes sense with sort of revitalize the, not revitalize because there's never been anything there, but, but create an area. But I just think that maybe the, the area is a little bit too close to, to other similar areas at, at the point that you're going to create something in, you know, by target for OU basketball to play, you might as well just get a playing in, in, um, well, whatever it's called, a Paycom uh, now, which Bobby, you and I went to a, a game at Paycom. It was great in, in OU basketball game. and Or, you know, you revitalize the Blazers. Is it Blazers Hockey Center? Blazers, <laughs> Blazers Hockey Center. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, you, that, do, you do look at Haslam before you do Blazers no. Hockey. You know what? Here's a wild one. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's, you're talking about a $10, $20 million project to build a new basketball stadium. That uh, that mall and more that's like a charter school now. Crossroads Mall. Yeah, make that a charter <laughs> school slash OU basketball slash hockey arena. Oh, All right, no. recruits, come on over here. Let me show you our stadium. We're I said, but you, you guys know how Oklahoma. You guys know how Oklahoma politicians are, right? Like they'll build some like weird, like you know, half half ass stadium, like by Target and Norman, and then they'll be like, "All right." Let's buy the Denver Broncos and bring them here to be the Norman Broncos. So God, that's so wrong on so many okay. levels. Wow. Okay. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. No, 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 no. Even better. Your 19-year-old point guard from Australia, he just got another triple-double. That type of good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, though, like Oklahoma, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text to TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. This is our main topic. We, we, uh, so I, this was an actually really great, uh, post from, uh, Joe Bettner of, uh, Eyes on Oklahoma. Excellent newsletter. No free ads. No free, well, eh, eh, kind of free ads because we're kind of steal, like slightly using this idea. After diving deeper, I found out it, like it was based on, a, on an article. I just saw Red Dirt Sport tweeting about it. So I was like, ah, that could be a good way to fill up some content. So here we are. We're going to give our five uh, top five active Sooners in the NFL. Um, and just we're, It's not going to be draft style. We're just going to give our five, uh, you know, kind of roundabout sort of deal. Um Let's, what do you say? We, let's start out with let's one. Let's start with five. Let's start with five and go up to one. You don't want to hit with one. Everyone wants to know who's the number one. I say we go with five and say people um, agree. You don't want to okay. start off with well, one. Everyone's like, ooh, I can't wait to listen making, to the number five. You're making the assumption that this is like a coherent list that we've all coordinated well, on, right? Like, like, well, it's like we'll just get up to a point where we all agree on like a couple guys and then we just say those guys you don't really have any debate. I have like eight minutes to make this segment work. And do you, do you honestly believe this is an eight minute segment? No, I think that we just say, here's no, here's my number five. And then everyone goes through their number five. And then we go up that way. Okay. Fine. Fine. Okay. My number five, I'll just go ahead and start my number five. I feel like, um, kind of a stretch, but I'm going Creed Humphrey just because what, what he did this season 
at the center position as a rookie. And he was the number 27 player on the PFF list with a 92.5 grade. You know how difficult that is to play me do at one of the most difficult positions to play in the NFL. Um, I think that he's extremely special. Obviously he's got a lot of great pieces around him, the chiefs to make him look even better. But I think I feel really optimistic on, um, on him that I put him in my top five. So I don't think it's that crazy. Um, and not to go out of order, but I put Creed Humphrey four. I, I really think his PFF grade speaks for itself. Uh, to he, he was shattering records, not just as a rookie, um, but really just, just killing it at, at, at the center position as a whole. What, what he did this year, you know, throw out the fact that he's just a rookie. He was putting up some just insane numbers, um, which is just, you know, I, what I'm trying to say is he, he's breaking my brain for one. Uh, but, but as a rookie to put up those numbers that are some of the best in the league overall over several years, I, I mean, what are we doing? Like this guy is a, an absolute star. He was completely robbed out of a pro bowl bid. Uh, and yeah, people like Creed. So, um, that was my number four. Uh, my number five, I, I went with Mark Andrews. Um, one of the best tight ends in the league. Super. Oh. Uh, you put know. him below Creed? What? Bruh! Mark Andrews below Creed? Dude, Mark Andrews been killing it this season. Like you just said, I know. he's probably the best tight end in football the way he played this season. He doesn't have that title yet. But okay, I want to hear your reasoning because I'm just I'm just aghast. I think it's no, I think it's a I think it's a really good list. Uh and I think all all five guys are really tight, and you could really you know, switch it either, you know, one of either ways. I, I, I really think it's it's a tight list between one through five. That being said, I, I, I just think what Creed did, um, and maybe some of it's a rookie bias. I think so, that might be part of it. However, I, I just feel like playing the center position that young, I, I was just really impressed with that. I think Mark Andrews, though, obviously the best tight end in the league that this season, also incredible. It it really could have been a four five flip. I I'm just I'm I have a lot of appreciation for the O line, especially you know at his age. I kind of like him. That be like the fact that he was that young and that good. I think that kind of took a shine to it. That being said, that might have clouded my vision a bit because again, Mark Andrews was insane this year. So, Ty. All right. So for my number five. You guys are probably going to get upset at me. Hopefully, the the listeners and the viewers will will agree with me. He he would be much higher on the list, but he was so good when he played. He's just declining, and for me, even though he's a reserve player right now, he's still top five. Is Gerald McCoy? He was the only thing the Bucks had going for him. For no, okay, give me that look, right? But he he has never gotten the recognition that he deserves, right? Like he was legitimately the best player on Tampa Bay in their, not their darkest hours, but in, in some very dark times. But you're talking about a dude when OU had really no one defensively in the league and he's still, you know, he's still kicking and, and a guy that was representing OU defensively saying, Hey, we're, we're still out here. You know, guy was like 30 years old. Now he's super old and he's still in the league. You know, he's still making that league minimum. On the reserve, you guys are shaking your heads. I understand because he hasn't had a tackle since 2019. He deserves his recognition, though. He, when he was good, because he's still in the league. I'm, I'm calling it like a sort of an, an asterisk okay. or a, you know, bending the rules. When he was good, he was such a good OU player. It's got to be brought up. So, Gerald but McCoy's but the same five. thing with Adrian Peterson. You can make that argument, and you could put Adrian Peterson above Gerald. But the hey, problem let's is not spoil Adrian- my number two. Okay. My number Ty, one is Sam Bradford. <laughs> Ty rewrote the Ty rewrote the prompt a little bit here. That's okay. No, right? I did not. I, I no, I did it. not. That, that, my number my my right. other ones are far more legitimate. You guys will agree. But uh, okay. I had to bring that one in because he's still active. I wanted to sort of you know think outside the box. Okay. okay. Fair enough. My, I like it. My I number like four. It. My number four is Joe Mixon. Um, moving on from my Creed Humphrey number five, um, I think what he did this season obviously pumped him up into the um, into this list because before that, a lot of players, I mean, a lot of people, especially fantasy players, um, were looking at this guy like, "Is this guy fool's gold? Can he come? 
run behind this offensive line, Cincinnati. I understand he's kind of a dual running back where he can get, you know, passing yards and rushing yards. Um, but we were still very skeptical. And I think this year he came out and showed that he's a top, you know, eight running back um, in the league, top 10 running back in the league. So um, I think that puts him into number four on my list. Yeah. As I had stated uh, before my four is Creed Humphrey. Uh, Jameson doesn't need to uh, flame me again for that one. It's all good though. Uh, Ty, who do you have it for? Yeah. So for four, I actually concur with Jameson here. Uh, it's Joe Pickleman's Mixon. Um, oh no. He is just to make this an even more divisive take. He arguably the best quarterback on the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, give me give me Joe Mixon at. at that was a nice four. spiral. Yeah, the, uh, the no, first, uh, he's done it before. Mm-hmm. He did. Oh, you fans Against, will, will recognize uh, the uh, yeah. Oh, you fans will will recognize the play, but yeah, performed arguably better at, at quarterback than Joe Burrow, who is uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo of of the modern era. Fair, hey, fair enough. Uh, that was <laughs> a reach. Like, that was a reach what? for a, yeah. That was a reach to stir the pot. So uh, I'll, I'll well, say this, Joe Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, you know, first OU uh, player to throw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. So pretty good stuff. Uh, is he number really? three. Yeah, he is. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. If we don't, not if we count Aikman. Troy. Yeah, Troy say. Aikman, dude. What are you talking about? No, I'm saying we. no one counts Aikman. The OG so Caleb Aikman. Williams, Troy Aikman. <laughs> you, I made that take a couple weeks ago. That's a, that, that's that a you did. Take. That you did. Uh, both, both did not do very well against Kansas, by the way. Uh, so. Yeah, Jameson, who do you have for number three? Yeah, I've got Mark Andrews, number three. Um, and I think this is a huge you know, compliment to him because of the people that come after him. I like like we're talking about, I think that he played you know, the best this year as a tight end, which is an extremely valuable position. I think he made Lamar Jackson look really, really good in the passing attack whenever a lot of people made, uh, made it out to be. Can Lamar Jackson be a guy to throw the ball and get big yardage? Um, and Mark Andrews, you just said Bobby Creed Humphrey didn't make the Pro Bowl. Mark Andrews should have won the offensive MVP of the Pro Bowl. He had two touchdowns, almost 100 yards, which is dominant. The guy just gets open and just makes catches. And that's a very, very valuable position to have in the NFL. You see how many tight ends get paid ridiculous amounts of money, like a Johnu Smith last year and just don't do anything because having a good receiving tie to end is so, so hard to come around. And Mark Andrews is an absolute steal for the Ravens and where they got him in the draft. Um, I, I think that number three is, I feel very confident about that him being over Mixon and Humphrey and the people below him. Yeah. Well, definitely the rarity is just massive. You know, if you can get a guy like him, you know, there you go. That's just kind of a little bit of a cheat code. The fact that he was the second tight end they drafted, you know, he, they, they drafted a different tight end ahead of him. Crazy stuff. Um, okay. So my number three, I've gone flip flopped back and forth on this um, between my two and my three. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon. Um, incredible performer, incredible player. I, I will say I, I, I was, I wouldn't say I was getting close to write him off writing him off, but I was close to writing him off in Cincinnati after um, how he played last year. Uh, but he just completely revitalized himself this year um, in that Bengals offense and was just, just incredible. Um, catch out of the backfield, obviously an incredible, powerful runner, just you know, a, as versatile of a, of a running back as you get um, in the NFL for sure. So I, I think Mixon you know, really hitting his potential in the NFL. Yeah, so uh, for my number three, I got a Jameson might be upset. I, I think we'll very quickly diverge here. Uh, but I got to agree uh, with Mark Andrews. He, he is arguably the best tight end in, in the NFL. Um, there are a lot of people that would argue some other guys that maybe have, you know, historic, really good relationships and, and timing and, and route development and everything else with just – all-time great quarterbacks. Uh, you guys can read into that uh, what you want. But Mark Andrews, I think even if he wasn't with Lamar Jackson, uh, would be just as good as he is. And and I think he is uh, a, a firm number three with uh, with my Sooners in the NFL. Nice. I like it. Uh, Jameson, who's your number two? 
Uh, yeah, the big argument between number two and number one, I think it's a little bit easier to say, but I still think that there should be a lot of props and consideration given to Kyler Murray, and he's my number two. Uh, Kyler Murray was pretty much the MVP favorite halfway through the season, and then he got hurt, and then DeAndre Hopkins went down, and then he came back and he struggled, and the Cardinals lost their huge like you know lead within the um, the division and kind of plummeted. And the stock of Kyler Murray and what everyone was talking about completely shifted. But we can't forget what this guy did at the beginning half of the season whenever he had all of his healthy pieces around him um, and made the Cardinals a team that no one thought they could be. And he's just like we've always talked about in the past. Once this guy steps on the field, he's or just steps onto any earth. He's the most athletic person in the world. So, um, you know... I know that's, I, you know, you could talk about LeBron James, but the the quickness that Kyler Murray has, he look, makes look everyone else on the field look, you know, inferior. Yeah, no, Kyler's my number two as well. Um, I mean, he's a true one of one in the NFL right now. Um, the quickness, the arm strength, um, the playmaking when he's really hot, it's great. Uh, obviously a lot of, um, kind of weird frustration with him deleting all of his Cardinals stuff and, you know, kind of a weird funk about him right now. He came out, he came Uh, out and said that he's kind of repenting on that. Exactly. He's he's just said he's not about the nonsense. And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people have recency bias, uh, with how the season ended, but they forget about what we've seen him do when they are really rolling, uh, the start of the season where they're the best team in the, in the NFL, um, some of the stuff we saw him do last year. I mean, he's just, he is a next level type of player. Uh, truly a franchise type of guy. Um, one of the best players in the NFL. And as he gets better and as he develops, you know, he, he's going to get to, a, he's going to get to that MVP point, but you know, just, just not there yet. I would say Ty, who's your number two. I'm, <laughs> Wait, I'm I, actually, I, what were you going to say, Bobby? I was going to say, I think we might have a, I, I think you might've spoiled it earlier who your number two is, but who's your number two. No, I no, that was a joke. Uh, I'm actually very, very curious. Uh, legitimately, this is not a, a bit or pre-planned. I'm very curious what what y'all's number one is. I'm excited for that uh, because I agree. I thought I was going to be the only one that had Kyler Murray at two, uh, which very obviously I I do. Um, and a lot of people have have sort of the hype of of uh, one of arguably maybe the better quarterbacks in the, in the, well, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL now that uh, Brady has retired with Patrick Mahomes. And, and you got to remember that Kyler Murray is playing with Cliff Kingsbury, who could barely piece things together dealing with Patrick Mahomes at, at the college level where passing is arguably much, much easier than it is. Obviously there's a lot of development there, but I, I would say as a whole, I think everyone would agree passing is much easier at the college level than it is at the NFL. Scores will, will sort of indicate that. Um, so I, not to demean Cliff Kingsbury, but I, I would say that he's sort of a, a – uh, I don't want to use that word, but a, a delaying force in, in Kyler Murray's sort of development, even though he is a, a, an air raid guy and, and a, a pass-heavy guy. But uh, Kyler Murray – I think is a very firm number two. I think a lot of people would have him as, as the number one sooner in the NFL. So I'm very curious to see, to see where this will go. Um, I will say I very quickly thought about mentioning CD lamb as, as number two, just to be different. So I guess he'll go in honorable mentions, but. I thought about CD lamb at number five over Creed. Um, I really did. Um, but the way CD lamb ended the season kind of did spook me a little bit. Um, but uh, it, that was extremely. He was on such a stack. He, he was on such a stack team, though. Too, it's like mm-hmm. as a receiver on that Cowboys team, you know, you're just one tool in the toolbox versus the only mm-hmm. option. So. And see, and the thing with CD Lamb is, uh, this season was his coming out year that everyone was supposed to like pick him in fantasy, and he was supposed to blow up for him and all that stuff. But the year before, it was still relatively quiet in terms of production. Um, so well, the year before was for, his yeah. rookie year. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is, like, CD's got a lot of potential, and a lot of people realize that, but he still hasn't fully stepped into that potential. So I'm not grading him in this rank about, you know, his potential. I still need him to step into everything that 
people expect him to be while Creed went in over his potential and did really great this season. So that, that was my argument there. Um, but number one, I'm really nervous. Ty doesn't even have this versus number one, because I think this is very, very obvious. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm worried because he doesn't follow the NFL that well, that he wouldn't know that this guy is by far like almost could be some people could talk about him as the best player in the NFL. And that's Trent Williams. Left tackle, San Francisco 49ers, getting paid for an offensive lineman. I think like $24, $23 million a year to block. They're putting him in motion for the 49ers and having him go across the line of scrimmage and demolish people. We talked about PFF grades earlier with Creed Humphrey. 98.3 PFF grade for Trent Williams this season. That was the best in the league and the best ever for an offensive tackle. Um, the guy's obviously extremely dominant and completely made an uh, Elijah Mitchell, a rookie running back, and every single person ran behind him. You know, Jeff Wilson, uh, you know, Jermichael Hasey, all those people look great in San Francisco's running game because you have that powerful of an offensive line on the left side. Yeah, no, it. Williams is my number one by far, uh, getting paid a hundred and thirty, uh, one hundred thirty-eight million on this contract, six-year deal. Um, I mean, the, 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 what, what, what can you say about him that has, that you hadn't already said PFF grades off the charts. The guy is just completely unreal. Um, and you gotta say like that output from that, uh, 2010 class that OU put out with Gerald McCoy, Sam Bradford, eh, Sam Bradford a little bit and Trent Williams is unreal. Um, and you know, quite, quite honestly, you know, you, you just, you just love to see it. Uh, even though I, he was not a bean bow guy, still really cool to see, see an O-lineman out there and definitely helps, uh, recruiting in that end. But he, you know, the man, he's damn good. He's number one. He's not flashy. He's not going to win in any MVPs, unfortunately, but, uh, he is undoubtedly the, uh, best player in, um, the NFL for you. Ty? Yeah, it's. It's obvious, right? Like, it's, it's so obvious. Jameson knows, Bobby knows. A lot of the listeners are going to agree, right? So you guys just talked about Trent Williams, right? Again, this with the Baker the best, Mayfield. arguably the best player in the NFL, which is a fair argument because he is in a just a ridiculously underappreciated position. The line as a whole, super underappreciated. and But at least the defensive lineman, Gerald McCoy, like I mentioned at, at five, you can have sacks, you can have tackles, things that are just sort of individual stats that you can point to. There is no glory at all for the O-line. There, there's no glory at all for the O-line, no matter how good you are. Now on the OU staff, shout out to Phil Lodeholt, was one of the best players in the NFL period when he played for the Vikings, uh, which I think he played there his entire career. Um, just no accolades, right? Because it's the O-line. Like at Best case scenario, no one knows your name. The only time that you get no line or mentioned is when they have a penalty or just some sort of egregious, you know, mistake. So there's a fair argument there, right? But he's on the 49ers. He's on a team that with, well, the best quarterback in the league in terms of of rings, uh, but, you know, one of the worst quarterbacks to to have a playoff team uh, led them to almost the Super Bowl. They were one pass away from a Super Bowl with just – a team that was there's such a stacked team. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, also a very good team. We we mentioned Mark Andrews, a Super Bowl winning coach with Lamar Jackson as his quarterback and, and a whole host of other talent that can't be mentioned there, right? None of them are on the Browns. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Baker Mayfield is the best OU player in the NFL. There is not Lamar Jackson, had he gone to the Browns, would not be playing in the NFL anymore. On the wide receiver. Listen, okay, Patrick Mahomes, had he been drafted to the Browns, would not be in the NFL right now. I will die on that hill. (laughs) Baker Mayfield went to the worst team in the NFL and drug them by his bootstraps doing the Dougie all the way up to the playoffs. I understand he had an underperforming year, right? And there's this whole... Odell Beckham Jr. storyline, who went to a team that was already going to make it to the Super Bowl by the time he got there and contributed. I understand he got a touchdown. He was a non-factor, right? The Rams were going to win the Super Bowl whether OBJ was there or not. 
he it is not proven that OBJ was good and Baker was bad just because he went to the – that's like – I made this argument in our group text. It's like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, right? They were <laughs> winning before he got there. He showed up and was present for a win. That doesn't mean oh, he was Lord. the person that they want, right? Oh, my God. Baker Mayfield this... is the best OU player in the NFL. I will die hey, on that. Hey. He's the only one – he went to the single worst team in the NFL, period. He's been the longest-tenured Browns quarterback since – I don't even know when, since the Browns fans were throwing broken glass and shooting onto the field because they were so bad. He has revitalized an entire team. He he did more for Cleveland than LeBron James did. Period. Oh. <laughs> I was, I, was right. really, I was hoping it would go one of two ways. You putting Baker one or you putting Tressway at number one. Oh, uh, I, it was. I was waiting for it because you were you were lighting up here. You're like, no, but Tressway was a fair a fair argument. I was gonna go. You to were the- like, you were like the offensive linemen aren't really you know thought of that much, yeah. you know. But you know what positions even more like like underappreciated? That's the punter, and that's Tressway. Man, um, that that was golden. I knew that the Baker Mayfield thing was coming from a mile away. Hey, he should have been the best quarterback in the league if he wouldn't have torn all of his shoulder up. That's why he was okay, so bad. He had to overcompensate. He should have sat out. I will say, it, part of that was a bit, right? But he went he went to the Browns. I did touch on this, right? There's a lot of other guys that I think didn't have that chip on their shoulder that may not have worked out, right? I think if Baker, had he gone – had he not won the Heisman his year, which was probable, and had he gone to a, a little bit better NFL team, I think we would have an entirely different perspective on uh, on him, right? Like he he got he got dealt the worst sort of hand of of cards, and and he's doing the best he can. I it, I understand he's not the best athlete, he's not the best you know X's and O's guy, he's not the best fundamental guy, but I don't think there's anyone else out of any draft class, you know, plus or minus any number of years that would have got, done as well and, and still be on the Browns and still be first, a star in the league. So. First year, Ty, I would agree with you, but then he got the best running attack, rushing attack in the NFL and Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, two extremely good offensive linemen on the interior. Yeah, but they had an good... abysmal OC that year that they yeah. got. But, you know, like Wyatt Teller is an absolute monster of an offensive lineman. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. This season, Baker Mayfield, is a, he's a mediocre quarterback. He's a low-end mediocre quarterback. The problem is whenever you tear your shoulder, all your throwing mechanisms and all your muscle memory is just off. And you can see it, and Baker's done this a lot in the past. He tries to zinc things as hard as he can. But whenever you do that and you don't have a functioning shoulder to begin with, he just sails the ball over too many of his wide receivers and gets too many interceptions because he's thinking about how hard he has to throw things because he has to overcome an injury rather than just going back there and throwing the ball. You learned all through Little Leagues and all through just whatever sport – don't think about throwing a strike in baseball. Don't thro- think about throwing it in front of your receiver. Just throw it. Just let your you know muscle member do it because you've been doing this your whole life. So um, that's his problem. Um, he should have, yeah, like Bobby said, gotten a surgery earlier, should have shut it down, and we'll see how he is next year. But to be honest with you, uh, their target situation, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Jarvis Landry isn't the most stellar one-two punch that I'm really thinking of um, when it comes down to wide receivers. If, yeah. if Baker were on the Cowboys, they would have played in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh All right, let's call let's call this podcast. Oh, we went Lord. we went longer than I thought we would. We we did. I, I gotta say, if anyone, I I feel like we did omit one pretty big name, Lane Johnson, Philadelphia Eagles. That was probably a lot of injuries, and he's getting older. Yeah, he's getting older. He's slipping. Uh, but damn, what a he great career. If we did this last year, you know, maybe I just. I, Lane's great. That's all I'm going to say. Trust Kenny Stills, uh, Jalen Hurts, other guys that should be mentioned. Kenny uh, Stills. Yeah, uh, Kenny Stills no, barely on our roster this year. No love for your guy K9 either, Jameson. So no, K9 freaking miserable. He's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's horrible. He's like reverted back to like sophomore year K9 for the. No, he's, he's no different than he was on OU. <laughs> just the difference is he was on OU before. You know, it's it's oh. big fish, small pond versus, oh, maybe I'm not that big of a fish when you get in the big ponds. Maybe I don't I, I don't know. The dude's already getting benched. It's just bad. He should he he should just uh, go back to fifty six. So that that's the issue. It's the number. No, no, it really is. The that's what screwed the boss. 
they won't tell you this. They don't want you to know this. Well, I mean, he that's it would be a reverse Boz. Like if Boz wore forty four, he, he would have been fine. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. That's what yeah, that's what I'm Boz saying. But K, er, but but uh, Kenneth Murray went from fifty, like he went from nine at, at in college to fifty six in the pros, and then they let him do different numbers, and we went back to nine, and now he's bad. Yeah. So he pulled a reverse Boz. I don't know. Let's just end the podcast. Well, folks, this has been a fun one. If you liked this list or disagree with us uh, in any ways, make sure to let us hear about it in the comments. I want to see your. No, they're going to disagree with y'all. They're going to. They're going to. They're going to love Ty for putting anyone that knows the scientific (laughs) method could not disagree with. What is the scientific method again? I don't even remember the steps. Hypothesis number one, or is there something before that, Ty? This is why. This is why they won't. They won't tell you this. Who, who we're going to define as they is secret, but they won't tell you this. This is why your doctor leaves the room, right? He comes in, he talks to you, and then he goes out and he googles what is the scientific. Method. I'm almost three fourths to an MD, and I can't even tell you to begin with the scientific method. Fun fact: if you Google, if you Google Tressway, the second picture is just a picture of Stephen A. Smith. It's very. I don't. I don't. I don't believe Google anymore. I don't believe it. What do you mean? Don't believe Google? Oh no! It's Aaron Rodgers' root. No, 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 no! no. (laughs) Get me off of this podcast. Okay, let's get off of this podcast. This has been the scooter. Drop the cold takes, and then someone in the reviews will be like, "That Bobby is too political." Uh, (laughs) Hey, let us know in the comments if you, um, you know, what type of list you want to see from us. I know it's like the most boring standardized form of uh podcasting but it brings good conversation i enjoyed it it's a long off season throw us a bone if you want to see any good list we'll we'll break them down we'll do a draft it'll be fun times um make sure to hit subscribe if you're watching on youtube uh if you want to see the visual element you know subscribe to the youtube if you like our uh you know more of an audio uh thing you you should uh, listen to us on the podcasting um space wherever you get your podcast I know, super smooth. I'm tired. I expected a 20 minute show, and also Porter Moser. You gave us five. You gave us five talking points. What did you expect? We didn't even cover all. Baseball was one of the talking points. (laughs) Baseball was one of the talking. Okay, okay, and and for Ty, Bobby, and I, this is the Schooner Pod. We appreciate y'all. Presented (laughs) by the Pigskin Podcast Network and DraftKings. We'll see you next week with another just. Hopefully not an hour of rambling nonsense, um, but yeah, it's gonna be that. Who knows? Yeah, now next week might just be. Uh... Let, let's re- let's record next week's in Vegas. That'd be great. Oh, Anyways, oh, bye bye. For now. me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the Scooter Pod. We'll see you next week. Have a good weekend, and boomer sooner. Mm-hmm.